We're talking about an iconic comedy duo in the ultimate gender swap movie this week. Welcome everyone to Rebooted! The podcast where we are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. This week we are recasting 1994's Junior starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Emma Thompson, and Frank Langella. I am going to come in with a hot take and say that I found this movie to be completely joyless. Really? Yes. I had to say, uh, here's another hot take. This movie's fault is on Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh. Hello? Anybody home? You're a guy, Alex. This is totally against the natural order. Guys do not have babies. We leave that to the women. That's part of the beauty of being a guy. Didn't your father ever have this talk with you? Look, if you don't want to help me, just say so, but I don't need a lecture. The hell you don't. If you could feel for one minute the sense of absolute joy and connection that carrying your baby brings, you would understand. I wanted to do this movie because I wanted to talk about this strange and probably iconic comedy duo that uh, became pretty memorable after their success with 1994's Twins. Yes. But Twins is getting a sequel, apparently. We uh-huh. talked about this some triplets. triplets some time ago. And with the rise of Eddie Murphy, it probably wasn't. It was just like, it felt like, oh, Junior would be an equal sort of like sidestep, would get the same duo, same funny ha-has. This movie was just kind of like, it was weird. <laughs> like, it wasn't, it, and it, by all measures, it should click. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito work really well together. This movie was directed by um, Ivan Reitman, a comedy legend, directed Ghostbusters and Stripes and Kindergarten Cop. Mm-hmm. And it just like felt it's not weird. it's not funny. It's a comedy where you're like, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's pregnant. This is going to be great. Hijinks and Sue. It is soulless. It's weird. It's like, OK, so this is prime Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you the rundown of his movies later. But it, it just felt like why? Why is he not smiling at all? Like there's not one. He's. He is sad. He's giving a performance that makes me sad. <laughs> it really is. Uh, so we're going to talk about this movie. Guys, welcome to Rebooted, a movie reboot podcast where I, Brian Flynn, and my co-host, Kenneth Trent, take a classic Hollywood film and talk about it as if that movie was to be remade today. This week, we're going to take four characters from the movie Junior and talk about what a 2020 version would be, and hopefully it would be a little more ha-ha-he-he kind of funny. Um, um, we'll see. Right. And... Um, I think we have a rule this week, too. We decided yeah. we're going to... Um, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but we're going to talk about some heavy news. This is a heavy... I almost said a heavy flow. <laughs> heavy flow oh news my week. God. This is a um, heavy news cycle of reboot news here. We're going to hit it... Uh, so much. Quick, fast style. First of all, this isn't on the list, but did you see the Spiral trailer? I did. What do you? What are? What are your feelings? Okay, so I'm not a big Saw fan. I, I could say that I've seen maybe 20 minutes of any Saw movie. I don't. Oh, I, yeah. So I'm seesaw. Yeah, seesaw. It's a. It's a. So I'm a noob. The trailer gave me like seven vibes, like David mm-hmm. Fincher seven vibes. Seeing Chris Rock in there was really intrigued. I don't know. Everyone kept being like, oh, the book of Saw, like it is something that I'm supposed to know. So I really feel like outside in on this one or I'm like I'm on the outside of like the know of what this is. Yeah. Which is kind of intriguing to me. So I'm actually I was actually really excited about it. I feel like we got hit with 
first was the Fast and Furious 9 trailer, what we're now calling the Fast Saga. Now the new edition of Saw is from the Book of Saw. Things are getting so legitimate. <laughs> I, I don't understand why we're doing it, but I love to see it. Whoever did this has another motive. They're targeting cops. You want to play games, motherfucker? So what is the Book of Saw? That's a great question. And I think the most exciting thing about it is that I have no idea what we're about to watch. No idea. I know that it's going to be Samuel L. Jackson. I know it's going to be Chris Rock. I know we know based on the trailer, at least, unless they're fooling us, at some point Chris Rock ends up in the original Saw trap. Um... Other than that, honestly, I watched the trailer. I'm very excited for it. I don't, and I'm not usually the person who does this, but I don't think I'm going to watch another trailer before it comes out. I think I I don't want to see any traps. I don't want to see any, uh, I honestly don't want to learn any more about the story. I want to walk in a little blind from here. You don't want to watch trailer two when Saw's laugh kind of like... Palpatines at the end and you're gonna be like oh he's been here the whole time well see that's the crazy thing about the Saw series is that spoiler alert uh, Jigsaw the Jigsaw killer uh, dies in the third movie and you find out later it's all these other people carrying out the same acts so who knows like what they're gonna bring about yeah. in this it's exciting um we um, just we love to see from the mind of Chris Rock what's about to happen. Let's move on through this list of things uh, that we have to get through. Um, Columbia Pictures is bringing back the Anaconda franchise um, with a new movie. Uh, we did this episode a little while back on the old pod on the boot, which was a, sort of the same podcast, which is the same podcast, just with with more rules, and we just didn't we don't need that now. Um, <clears throat> so, anything here that we need to. Uh, Columbia Pictures is developing an all-new and all-modern take on the cult movie, hiring Evan Doherty, Snow White and the Huntsman, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles writer to pen the movie. Uh, they're hoping to to make a movie sort of in the vein of The Meg. Huh. We love, we love The Meg. Um, but no casting rumors, nothing. It's just we're getting... We're getting another Anaconda movie. What are the chances that this Anaconda movie, because there were two sequels, I think, after the original Anaconda. What are the chances that this round we get original characters coming back to do whatever? Who knows what this is going to be? What are the chances, though, that that's the take? I don't know. So the original cast that I remember living is J-Lo and Ice Cube. And there were other famous people. Uh... Oh, right. Living. From the movie, yeah. Yeah, everybody else dies. Everyone else dies. I don't know. That'd be fun, though. This sort of seems like this is like a full-blown reboot. So I'm going to say low. (sighs) Giant Snake. We're always, especially with the success, I think, of the Meg. I think. (laughs) Why not? We love Giant Snake. (laughs) Why is it one snake? (laughs) We like one giant snake, no more than one. Well, isn't there only one anaconda in anaconda? Or are yeah. there? Yeah. Well, um, yes. I mean, I don't. I I've never seen the sequel, so who knows how we expand upon the universe? <laughs> but what if it's like the version of the Meg, where it's like, oh, you thought the great white shark was the biggest, and so they're like, oh, you just thought like regular anaconda was the biggest, right? Well, there's like a super anaconda that's bigger than that, and it's called the 
Megaconda. <laughs> Megaconda? Holy shit! <laughs> that is a $300 million movie right there. So you can just still call it The Meg, oh but it's a whole God. movie. The Megaconda? Oh, we have to bleep all of this. This is such a big moneymaker. Nobody listens to this podcast. Oh, my God. That's nobody's like when, gonna, nobody's that's gonna like when James that. Cameron comes into the pitch room and he writes alien and then writes S <laughs> and then a dollar sign through the S. Oh, boy. All There's right. your sequel. Uh, let's move on to the next thing we got here. Okay, Silence of the Lambs sequel series, Clarice, coming to CBS. It's going to be a crime drama series uh, based on the famous Thomas Harris character, Clarice. This article says Sterling. That's incorrect. Which is set after the events of The Silence of the Lambs. The project is written and executive produced by Alex Kurtman and Jenny Lumet. Um, this is interesting because there has been a Hannibal Lecter series, Hannibal. And it's great. And it's great. And it got two seasons? Three. Three is no longer there. So I think when this was announced, people were like, what the heck? Why aren't we just re-upping Hannibal? Why are we doing this whole thing? Which, to be fair, I think a more 2020 idea is to set a... Uh, to set in the Hannibal oeuvre to set it more focused on Clarice. Mm -hmm. But I get where people are coming from. Um, I think this is going to be really interesting. It's on CBS, so... You know, if nobody else watches it, my my parents will. But <laughs> I okay, so I'm in the other side. I I watched Hannibal. I love. I I haven't finished season three, but I seasons one and two are incredible television. And the reason that they got away with a lot of the gore and the violence and the horror in that show, if I recall, is because it was produced by a French company. And then when NBC came in to swoop up the rights, mm -hmm. there was something in the deal where they were like, you can't make any edits. And NBC was like, great, we'll put it on at 9 p.m. after whatever Friends rerun we have. And then people were horrified. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's like everything you want from a like, twisted Hannibal Lecter. It's this weird, like, psychosexual, slightly homoerotic, like, Ryan Murphy take on the Hannibal Lecter mm -hmm. mythos. What he has is pure empathy. He can assume your point of view or mine and maybe some other points of view that scare him. It's an uncomfortable gift, Jack. This cannibal you have him getting to know, I think I can help Goodwill see his face. I hope, like I obviously know that they're probably not going to connect Clarice to Hannibal other than the Hannibal Lecter character, if, yeah. they, if he's even there. Because the end of Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal Lecter escapes. And he, yes. he's out in the world. But it would be a misstep to not have Hannibal Lecter in this world. Right. But I just, I, I hope at least that they try and make it as artistic and visually stunning as Hannibal did. Because I think that will satiate some of the Hannibal heads, or I don't know what we're, what they're called, <laughs> to, to sort of... Uh, to, to Fanables. Fanables. Oh, that's good. Man, you are on fire tonight. <laughs> to, you know, to, to, to kind of ease that transition of realizing we're probably yeah. now never going to get Hannibal season four, which yeah. everyone hoped would be this. So that's that's my take. OK, what's next? What's next is Space Camp remake in the works at Disney Plus. This is a movie that I had never heard about. And as soon as reading the description, I was like, we should have done this movie. Yeah, I've and never heard we, of this either. I think we're just going to do we're it. We're just going to do it. We don't care. Um, Disney 
is set to remake the 1980s teen space adventure film Space Camp for their streaming service on Disney+. Plus. Um, this is according to The Hollywood Reporter. Writers Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel have been hired to pen the script with John Rickard, director of the movie Rampage, on board to produce... Or maybe he's the producer of Rampage. Fascinating. Um, I'm looking at this picture of the original cast. Um, the The... Little blip for the movie is the young attendees of a space camp find themselves in space for real when their shuttle is accidentally launched into orbit. It, if that doesn't sell like for you immediately, you have no joy in your heart and you've never been a child. <laughs> this movie starts Kate Capshaw, Leah Thompson, uh, Larry B. Scott, who was in a bunch of Animal House movies. Uh, I guess Joaquin Phoenix is in this movie as young Max. I guess. Tate Donovan. Says. Uh, who's been on a bunch of TV shows, and Tom Skerritt, our old our old buddy Tom Skerritt. We love Tom. Uh, as, I guess, the mission commander. Um, I don't, I honestly don't know what my favorite part of just the idea of this movie is. The fact that it's set at space camp, every child's dream to attend. The fact that they put them in a real operating shuttle at space camp, or the fact that that real operating shuttle sends them into space. I, I know, like, I know. There's so many different aspects of this that I can't fathom, but that I love. What does that mean? Andy! Booster beam, temperature is critical. Catherine, get out of there now! Andy, make, make them stop! Make, make them turn it off! They're trying! Booster beam is near ignition. It's gonna light. Andy, help us! Right, Booster A, goddammit, launch us, so we're gonna explode! It's so great. And everyone at home, when, uh, if you're listening near a computer, just Google Joaquin Phoenix Space Camp. He, it's weird. He's such a, like a chubby little kid, but it's Joaquin Phoenix who we now might be giving an Oscar to. Like, if he hasn't already won whenever this podcast comes out um, for playing the Joker. Like, it. Ugh, let's not talk about it. It's weird. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Well, this, uh, this movie. I'm going to watch the shit out of this remake. I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Don't also, know. it's clearly going to be Mikey Day and Shooter Seidel, SNL writers. Yeah. Slash cast member. It's going to be fun. Good luck, guys. All right. <laughs> we're going to talk about a little bundle of joy, and I mean joy. We're going to try and in- inject as much fun and, and warmth into a movie that really just kind of was a little one note. Yes. Um, Were you ready to talk about Junior? Let's do it. All right, guys. This is our reboot. Of Junior. Where did you get Junior? I told you. No, the truth this time. You're talking about my baby. Well, well, keep your voice down. All right. Uh, I got it from Redden's lab, so? Well, it's Diana's. You mean hers personally? Yes. Uh-oh. Well, you're supposed to get an anonymous egg. Shh. What? I, I tried. Everybody was all out. Can you do anything right, Larry? Wait, don't start with me. If you'd have stopped taking the expect aim when you were supposed to, none of this would be an issue right now. I'm going to say something nice about this movie. Okay. This movie, in its day, would have been one of those movies where your family rents at a video store and, like, on a Friday night and, like, pizza's there. And you're just kind of watching it because it's a movie. It it, <laughs> it feels very – it feels very kind of um, – what's the word? Nostalgic in a way. So in that respects, I was kind of like, all right, I'm mm-hmm. into it. But it's really weird how how much of a miss this kind of movie was. I it's hard to pinpoint exactly where this movie went wrong. Um, 
it could be that there's a point where Arnold goes to stay at like a, a an expecting mother's facility and dresses like a woman in order to stay there. That could be part of it. It could be <laughs> that it could be just the way that they uh, disregard women in general. Um, Wait, explain that. It is. It's one of those things where, like, they do a lot of the trope of women be crazy when they're pregnant, but they twist it because Arnold is pregnant. It's like the scene where he's with Angela and they start eating, and she's like, "Has anyone ever told you you like a pregnant woman?" And they play that thing of like women when they're pregnant, yeah. But it's so like it's so clear that whoever wrote this doesn't have a firm understanding, but then they try to undercut it with like, no, you should care about this. He cares so much about this baby. He's so connected to this baby. And I have trouble believing it because looking at his pregnant body is terrifying. <laughs> he, um, I, I honestly, I unfortunately think I have to lay the blame in this movie at the feet of its, of its star. And so this movie came out in 1994 and Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming off a decade of smash hit movies and i'm not just talking about like the action stuff comedy stuff too like twins um kindergarten cop like these these were big moves for him mm -hmm. and they all worked and you watch him here and he's playing it very seriously to the point where it doesn't look like he's having fun being here no and i know that pregnancy is a very hard thing for someone to go through and so to act that it's like okay that's the realest part but like there doesn't seem to be joy in his life no. or in his face. And so when those tropes are played, he just seems depressed. He's broken. Yeah. He's a broken man. We're partners. You can't just up and leave. We're not partners anymore. I have no lab, no funding, no future here. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about all the people you'll be leaving behind? What about your girlfriend? What's her name again? I don't have a girlfriend. Now you better off. Well, how about your colleagues? I happen to know for a fact that your skill and dedication is an inspiration to everybody. They'd be lost without you. They will find someone else to mimic over coffee in the lounge. Oh, that's not true. They don't do that. Come on. Honestly, and I don't, I don't love the idea. I'll just say this. I don't love the idea of a movie about a man who gets pregnant. Yes, there is something to say about how in the gender politics of things, if men had to go through pregnancy... Everything would be different. Literally every single thing in the world would be different. But they don't really address that in the movie. No. So. I think like, um, in some ways this movie is ahead of its time. And in, in a lot of ways it's also behind the times. And it, it it's it's a weird, funky place to put it. Yes. So um, and I'll get to our rules soon or shortly. But I, I just feel like that's sort of what I was thinking about recasting this. Um, is like you yes. we kind of have to address certain aspects of Arnold's character before this movie could actually start in 2020 in a lot of ways, um, because I think a lot of. I think a lot of gender politics and, and gender issues are in a lot more people's minds than they were in 1994. Mm -hmm. Now to the rule, the big the big really, uh, really rule. Um, so I picked this movie. Yes. You pick the rule. 
Yes. Do you want me to say what yeah. it is? <laughs> Why don't you announce what the constraints okay. that we have? For so we have to recast Junior with people who are the offspring of other famous people. Right. And I texted you about like what is famous, and I don't know if you got back to me, so I still have my I, picks. I did. did you? <laughs> what did you say? I said it's a self-policing thing. Okay. But you should, you know, who's like do my best. Who's who is counts as famous. Okay. There's one of one of these people is probably going to maybe lives in the gray area for some. Okay. Let's just talk about let's keep talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, Dr. Alakas, who is this weird loner scientist. Like he has no friends. He doesn't have a girlfriend. It it doesn't seem like he enjoys being alive. Like this is a character study in someone who is clinically depressed. <laughs> In a he, lot of ways. We meet when we meet him and first of all, they go to the FDA to get this drug trial approved on human women. I don't think this is how the FDA works, meaning it's just a committee of people that you have to make a presentation to, like on a freaking PowerPoint. I don't really think that's how it works, but that's what they do. And then the FDA is like, no. So Alex immediately packs his bags and goes home. He's like, I'm a dip. He's like, I have nothing left to live for. I'm going it's home. It's really dour. It's sad. And the thing that, like, kind of, that I, I kept thinking about is, like, when Danny DeVito's character, Dr. Larry Abergast, tries to convince him to stay and continue the, the study on himself, it doesn't seem like he convinced, like, his whole thing is, like, don't you want to be one of the great scientists? Don't you want to be someone who's achieved something? And it doesn't really seem like it doesn't really seem like Arnold wants that. Like, I think so for me in 2020, I feel like you have to bring Dr. Hess to you got to turn that up like way higher. Like this study has to mean so much more to him and his ego so that when yeah. he learns the beauty of of growing life in, in your body and delivering human life, that 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 there's a change Arnold is just sad the whole time. And he's just like, he's like. He's and then he moping. becomes so thoughtful. Right. Like he goes from being sad to very like introspective and precious about the child. It's not, it's not fun. No. And it's not fun to watch. I think it's just a simple fix of just like Alex is, all he cares about is his work and his work <laughs> means everything. And so it's, it's a little easier to Get him to be like, I'll fucking do it. Like, our drug yeah. works. It works so well that a man could grow a baby. And they're like, well, let's do that. And then it's just like, and by the end, he's just like, I've done something that's so crazy and it will have so much implications on the world yeah. and, human, and humanity at large. And what does that mean for me? What does that mean for, you know, as uh, my gender and, and all these things? And you can still have, like, a calamity of humor and, like, you know, him going through the ups and downs of being pregnant, but he just can't be sad. He can't be a fucking sad old dingleberry. sad sack. And that brings up another point. The, the ramifications of something like this happening in the world. These two doctors are doctors. They're men of science. And they plant an embryo just in an open cavity of Arnold Schwarzenegger as if 
you can just stick a baby anywhere and it will grow. Like they make it seem like like a woman's womb. Like a, a woman's womb is not just an empty hole that a child <laughs> fills without any other connection to her whatsoever. Like he starts having symptoms. I was. And I don't understand how. Look at that HCG levels, how good they should be. Huh? Well, uh, let's up the hormone supplement five milliliters. Yeah? How you feeling otherwise? I just can't keep anything down. It's morning sickness. It'll pass. Eat crackers. My nipples are very sensitive. What? I want to hear your, like, health, your prepared health class to like high schoolers you just barge in you're just like a woman's womb is not just a hall that you just dump a baby in get this through your head get this through your heads no kids. they did 12 minutes of medical research for this movie they really were like how does a baby like how does a baby grow and they're just like oh I'll be by the ab and the movie's too serious for them to just be like hi jakes like, I honestly, I'd believe it so much more if they were just like, we don't know. So uh, this is a little off topic, but what do you say? Like, in your version, would you have Dr. Alex Hess take, like, hormone injections as well as the expectant drug? Like, how are you getting around the logic of this thing? Or do you, are you saying, like, this just doesn't work? I don't know, because the point... Because they go through two phases. Originally, he's just sort of like housing the baby so that they can make sure the drug works. And then they're planning on, like, stop taking the drug. The baby's gone. Okay. <clears throat> so then in the second part of the movie, when he decides to continue to take the drug and he becomes full, full pregnant. Mm -hmm. I just, I would just love to see a cross section of pregnant Arnold's body so we could understand what they think. Like, how... To, like, he's so worried about childbirth. How does he anticipate having this baby other than a C-section? I think that's the only option. Exactly. But he sort of makes it seem like he's, like, like... Like, he's labor going, pains are coming. But it's like, yeah, the baby's in your stomach. Like, baby's not even in your stomach. It's in the fat pocket because of your it's abs. almost like your body would not react in the same way that a woman's would where it's like ding baby oven done time to eject child your and so your muscles <laughs> so good so your body expels the child like that's how it works so in all honesty he shouldn't have labor pains right like there's no reason like the baby's just cooking and then at some point they will take the child out because his body wouldn't react the You're same right. way. Like it's just in, I don't understand. Well, like the longer you go down the medical path, the more banana this gets. So why don't I just okay. start with my pick? And yes. this is really my tax loophole pick out of all of the four characters we're okay. doing. Um, <clears throat> I needed an actor who could, um, where is it? Um, Uh, okay, um, I like the idea of picking an actor with an action background to continue the okay. idea of what um, quote-unquote masculinity is. Um, I think that would be important, paired with an idea that like this this man has like a super ego that's just so out of control in in a field of science and like and pharmaceuticals that's like you know that's that has a very or I guess traditional masculine viewpoint of like i gotta win i gotta succeed i gotta be the best i gotta do this no one mm -hmm. no one's gonna tell me what to do kind of thing and then 
suddenly the baby is viable and it's working and then his hormones are crazy and he's realizing all these more profound things that he's going to give lot he's going to create life um i picked chris pine whose parents are okay. both actors yes his father is probably more famous to a generation before us yes he was one of the stars of chips on mm-hmm. tv now, I know that's not the most famous movie star that you've ever heard. Um, but he is famous. He's famous. Robert Pine. And his mother is uh, Gwyn Guilford, who was in Masters of the Universe, starring Frank Langella. So I, <laughs> I thought that in a weird way made it okay. Um, and we don't have to talk a lot about Chris Pine. I, I, I'm assuming that you No, I mean, it. we should. I, I, we should talk. We should spend the whole next 45 minutes. I assume that you saying. enjoy Chris Pine, who Quentin Tarantino on another podcast claimed that he was like Chris Pine was one of his favorite young actors, which is which is so fascinating because wasn't it Tarantino who like was going to recast he, Star Trek? Yeah. yeah. OK, well, anyway. whatever. Yeah. And I have uh, this pick also will make a little more sense when I tell you who my uh Dr. Abergast, played by Danny DeVito, is. Okay. Because it's a little familiar. I agree. I think that there's something to the teaming of this. Because I think I also picked someone who, in a way, I like them playing. And I think maybe Chris Pine would be sort of the same. And that you almost want him to... He's He can do comedy. He can do silly comedy, honestly. I mean, yeah. he, f- he fell into a... He did some some slapstick in The Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement. We know he can do this it. This podcast is just any excuse for you to talk about The Princess Diaries. <laughs> One day we're going to do it. I'm fine with that. Um, Because there's no more rules. There are no more except rules. Except for the rules this week. <laughs> <laughs> and the rule next week. Um, I, I, I think he could do it, but I think there's also something very thoughtful about him. And so it's almost like you kind of want... Alex to be the straight man and then we go I don't know about you but I was like I kind of want to do something a little wilder for Danny DeVito's character um but that was just my take so I also think I went with someone who I was like I think they can be silly I think they could do comedy I think they're capable of it but I think also it would be fun and interesting to see them be pregnant yeah it's weird. That's it's weird. We're, nobody's gonna remake this stupid movie. What are we you talking about? Famous last word. What are we talking In about? Three months. <laughs> whoever owns Disney Plus or NBC Universal oh, streaming thing. Oh. All right, who'd you pick? Um, I picked Colin Hanks. Oh, nice. Son of Thomas Hanks and Rita Wilson, mm-hmm. who I love. I think he's great. I don't think we see him enough. Or as much as we probably could, which is probably a choice he's made. That's great. He has a really interesting career. Like, uh, on a talent level, I, I don't think he does what his father does in his prime, but he's still really good. And he's still really likable. And he's still really likable. Yeah. And I always wonder, like, why isn't he not just, like, doing – I mean, maybe it's his own choices. Like, I don't want to do the things that my dad did. Yeah. But <clears throat> he has such a – he his, – his career – confounds me in a, in a little bit because I feel like he should be doing more mainstream projects. And then it's just like, well, he does like a season of Fargo on FX. And I'm like, okay, well, that's that's interesting and cool. But yeah, no, I love Colin. I love Colin Hanks ever since Orange County is. is he's great. He's so good. He's great. And his parents are very famous. Very famous. Way more famous than Chris Pine's parents, <laughs> which I've, I wonder if they meet 
I wonder if all these people meet and they're just like, <laughs> have like my, a conference. Yeah, like my parents are more famous than your parents. But then Chris Pine, I, I think on the whole, is more famous as an actor. Right. And so. So who did you pick for Dr. Larry Abergast, played by Danny DeVito? Um, I I actually super love this pick. I also think Danny DeVito is really great in this movie. Yeah. Because he is doing the appropriate amount of 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 like panicked comedy. Um, that's really fun to watch. He's just a, he's a good actor. He's a reliable person. Yeah. And I just love seeing very capable people, especially when it feels like Arnold is going amiss. Like I felt anchored to Danny DeVito. No, no, it's bad for business. I'm pregnant and all alone. Oh, will you stop saying that? Look, you're not pregnant, pregnant. You got to think of this as an experiment. I'm going to think of it like you swallowed a piece of gum. Tiny piece, dentine. Look, I won't be in your way, please. I feel so isolated. All right. Okay, you can come, but don't do that thing with your eyes. I feel like everyone else but Arnold is giving the performance I want from this movie. Yeah. And we'll get to Emma Thompson, who I fell in love with watching her. Um, Yes. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, So for my Dr. Larry Arbogast, what a name. Mm-hmm. I picked uh, Ben Stiller. Ooh. Ooh. Whose parents, Jerry Stiller and and Mira, um, the former owners of Camp Hope from Heavyweights. <laughs> um, nothing makes me happier than how he takes over the camp from his parents in that movie. And it is so beautiful when he's like, never let anyone sign your checks. I love Ben Stiller for this. Because he's definitely taken a turn for the dramatic. Mm-hmm. But again, very funny guy. Yeah. Very, I think it would be very interesting to see if he was a little wilder, teamed up with someone like Colin Hanks, almost maybe as like a mentor figure in this team up of doctors who are working on this project to create this, um, this drug. I think it'd be really interesting to see him being the one to like pressure him and be like, Hey, stick around. I'm going to put a baby in you. (laughs) Oh my God. This movie's insane. Okay. So so two, two things to that. I agree with you. One, uh, I would like to see Ben Stiller come back to comedy. I feel like the last quote unquote comedy I saw him in was, um, the secret life of Walter Mitty, which, Weirdly, is like one of my favorite movies. It's, really? Yeah, I like. It's I sort, is it. it sort of a comedy? Well, he did Zoolander. All his like, all his projections with Kristen Wiig are so funny. Like they do this Benjamin Button scene in that movie that is unbelievably funny. But then the rest of the movie is just kind of a really heartwarming kind of. I guess it's a coming of age movie but the second thing i was going to say is what i like is so arnold and danny devito are funny just because like their physical presence is so opposite that you're that you want to see them together you want to see them yeah. like running around and getting in shenanigans like how is danny devito going to keep up with this you know huge hulking you know mr universe over here um and what i like about your picks is that in that way, it, there's more like the difference between like the ages I kind of really find interesting. Like mm-hmm. maybe maybe like Colin Hanks is like the young hotshot doctor and Ben Stiller was like, this is the last chance for me to get my name like recognized. I yeah. think that that um, I, I really like that. I, I'm 
Abergast is also like the most sardonic and like uh, I can't believe this is he's he's us basically like I can't believe any of this is happening and it's mm-hmm. working like what is going on and yeah I can see Ben Stiller kind of do that. I ended up picking Jason Schwartzman, mm. son of Talia okay. Shire. Okay. And Jack Schwartzman, who I guess is a producer, but Talia Shire has been in three of the five most iconic movies of all time. She's in all two Godfather movies. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say it like that? Because three doesn't exist, Kenna. Oh, okay. Um, she was in at least all five Rockies, so I would say Rocky one, three, and four. Mm-hmm. I mean, iconic Excellent has different movies. meanings for different people. Right. I so. heard Huckabe- Huck- Huckleberries, Huck- Huckabees. I heard Huckabees. Remember that movie? <laughs> yes. They're both in that movie. They, she plays his mom in that movie. Um, that's a very interesting choice. I'm imagining them together. And that they were together in Wet Hot American Summer and the TV shows. Yeah. Wet Hot American yeah. Summer. And it fucking God, works. Chris Pine is so funny. Yeah, they're really good together. I think in the third season, what is it like? 10 years later, mm-hmm. they're like in a jazz band together or something like that. It's so funny. <laughs> I, this is very interesting. You hate it. This movie, I think this movie you're describing is maybe more along the lines tonally of something like Wet Hot American Summer. Ooh, I wouldn't mind that. Which might be a little better. I watched all of Medical Police. It, it's so f- I was laughing at every fucking stupid joke that they make. They're not the best jokes, but even the dumb jokes that like. Yeah. When they're going a mile a minute. Yeah. You're just laughing. Um, yeah. That, that would be fast. Like I I'm actually game for a version of this movie that is like that is more like. One minute you look at Chris Pine, the camera cuts away, and the next minute it's back on him, and he is like a different stage <laughs> of pregnant. Like, like if that was more the tone, yeah, I don't sure. I didn't mean it to be farcical, but I think it's like with those two guys, you could you can play you can play with the comedy of what what we're doing. Yeah, here. and you can also make it you know have dramatic moments and have yeah. like heartfelt moments. Um, let's talk about Dr. Diana Redden played by Emma Thompson. Man, was she good in this fucking movie? She's really good, even though I have questions for her as a character. Um, first of all, where did you buy all of your clothes? Because she looks great the whole time. Um, second of all. You know, women aren't just in movies, so we can talk about their fashion. I have concerns about her choice, uh, when she finds out Alex is pregnant to then go and sleep with him. Um, it just feels, it just feels strange, strange. Well, I I wondered about this too, because there are a lot of moments where they're trying to like classically rom-com set them up. Like her entrance as she like slides in on her own, like frozen ovary, like crates. And then she like kisses him. And then they dance. Like, oh, thank you. I love the dance scene. I thought the dance scene was, was more visual comedy that the movie needed. Yes. Um, and didn't deliver. Um, <laughs> but I, I just like every scene in her, it, that I was watching, this young Emma Thompson, I was just like, I love this woman. And uh, how do you not? She's cute as a button. God and she's damn it. She's so, so charming. Yeah. And honestly, like her involvement, I think, makes the movie 20 times more interesting because the whole the whole thing is that, like, she has chosen to freeze her eggs because she's yeah. like, I don't know. Maybe I will want to have kids. The time's not now, but maybe it will be later. And so I'm going to do some of my experimenting on myself. 
And then when she finds out that somebody else is carrying her child, a man, uh, and for her to become invested in the fact that, like, she's going to have a baby with someone, it just looks entirely different than she ever anticipated. That's, I think, more interesting. So it's fascinating how long she goes without realizing he's pregnant. Like, she just thinks she's soft, which is fascinating. I know this is none of my business, uh-huh. but I can't help but notice the lethargy, the nausea, the, the little bile you keep leaving in the waste paper basket. Yes. Do you have a substance abuse problem? What? No. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Look at him. What's funny is that, like, his face doesn't get fat. His arms don't get fat. Yeah. His fat suit gets fat. Like, or his pregnant suit gets fat. (laughs) What's funny what you just mentioned, I was wondering, like, the whole idea where she sort of is, like, when she finds out that he, he, Alex is carrying her baby, and she's like, well, I'm not going to have a baby without someone I haven't slept with. I wonder if that was supposed to be like, oh, let's give her these like old stereotypical like male traits. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was just like so over my head that I was just like, this does feel strange. Like, or is she just so horny that she was just like, well, I was going to they were going to have sex on that couch anyways. Right. <laughs> Might as well just do it now that you're pregnant. Like, what's the worst that could happen? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know if these are the questions that Junior is the meant to be circums- asking. But. Well, the circumstances are just so unique. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't, there's no like real world precedent right. for this, for me to be like, hey, you, you shouldn't do that. Or like, yeah, why not? Like, I don't know. Right. But it felt weird to me. I agree. And um, yes. Yeah. So I picked someone who's, pl- who's played charming as well as a lovelorn professional woman for seven seasons on a hit NBC comedy. I picked Rashida Jones, daughter of Quincy Jones and Peggy Lipton. Guess what? I did too. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, there were lots of people I considered for this, especially cuz she's the only woman we cast. Um so there were just lots of there were lots of great choices for this, but I think the cuteness of Emma Thompson almost being like so caught up in uh in her work that like she's just she's a little in over her head in a lot of ways and there's she's not ditzy but there's something really cute i think about how she handles this whole situation and i was like who can do that who can be effortless and not like a little too dramatic or a little too uh distressing or over the top or too serious i think rashida jones accomplishes that yeah I agree. My answer is your answer. <laughs> Cast it. Cast um, it. All right, let's move on to Noah Baines, played by Frank Langella. Um, he plays this so well. Like, I just hate every time he's on screen. He's such a douche. And then he also kind of s- hits on Diana a-, a little bit. Oh, I love the universe that this movie posits where Frank Langella and Arnold Schwarzenegger are fighting over Emma Thompson. <laughs> I love that. Why not? Um, who did you pick? I picked Kiefer Sutherland. Mm. I was very close to picking him. I think he is someone who at this point could play a great villain, but also probably isn't interested in playing villains. So you got to give him something a little silly. It would be funny if 
Kiefer Sutherland and Donald Sutherland were in this movie just playing out out villaining <laughs> each other. Um, that's Kiefer's dad, guys. Um, yes. That's a great pick. I What is Kiefer up to? I saw... Are they still making... What's that show? 24. No. <laughs> oh, uh, a designated survivor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it, it left... It was left it, it's on Netflix it now. It was on Netflix. Um, my old boss show ran the third season. I don't know if he's still there, though. So I don't know where, what happened. Um, which is a great concept. I haven't watched the show to see. Um, I picked Laura Dern. Ooh. Yeah. I, it's one of these things where it's like, there's not much for Noah. He's just like... This is what's so weird. He cancels their project because he wants Diana's project because he thinks it's more viable. And then when he realizes that Alex and Larry have figured out the most insane medical mm-hmm. procedure in the world, he wants to take credit for it. Let me shake hands with a man who would be mom. What are you talking about? Only the greatest scientific breakthrough in the history of this university. Bravo, Doctor. You know, we're in this together now. We have a contract, and I quote, exploitation of results from university-funded research shall be at the sole discretion of the university. Now, you come on. I've ordered some tests. It's a little hot and cold, and and so I was just like, I just want a really great actor in in this role, and I just yeah. think Laura Dern is crushing it these days. Um, daughter of Bruce Dern and Diane Ladd, so... Bruce Stern, very famous actor. Yeah. Maybe not to the millennials and the Zoomers, but the boomers for sure. Love a Bruce yes. Stern. Yes. Love a Bruce Stern. I don't know though. He I think in his in his old age, I think he's done enough uh um done enough like zeitgeisty acting to be somewhat somewhat famous. Of, yeah. Yeah. I feel like cinephiles. The kids know. saw Nebraska, right? <laughs> <laughs> for sure man for sure um yeah no i think what we've put together fully walking into this knowing that this movie should not be remade we'll see what happens in the near future <laughs> but i think what we've posited would be a very interesting shift in the in the world of this movie yeah. in which at one point i wrote down i feel like i'm in a parallel universe Watching this movie? Yes. It's it's very strange. It felt incorrect. <laughs> I will actually say, like, uh, I know we usually say this for the end. I actually think that you could make a meal out of a reboot of this. I don't know how much of a meal, but it would be interesting to watch. And then if it fails, you'd be like, well, now we know Junior doesn't work. Okay, when you say meal, I feel like you don't mean like, like a, you mean like a, like a, like a Vegas buffet. You don't mean like a, we're not talking. Like a Vegas buffet? We're not talking like a, like a, like a nice dinner at like Bestia This is what I Bobble. think. Like we're talking like all you can eat lobster. No. You know what I'm talking, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a family style restaurant that pleasantly surprises you. I'm talking like. Okay. I'm talking about like the comedy in this movie definitely could be way better. Way better. And I think the idea of a man getting pregnant in 2020 would look just so much different than it did in 1994. Like, going to the, like, fertility clinic and, like, how, like, Larry's an OBGYN and Alex is some, like, pharma scientist. I don't know. It just sort of feels like 
there would be a lot of questions and we could we maybe could answer them. I, I they just sort of felt like yeah. I don't know. That but but that's that's my head. Anyways, let's not forget the 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 or, best part. The best part. Guys, where does Barry Pepper go? Where does he go? I think he goes in what is maybe my favorite piece of, of pre-fame casting in anything because he appears so prominently and then disappears. I think Barry Pepper would be Mr. Lanzarata, <laughs> played by one Christopher Maloney. <laughs> A young Maloney. Young Maloney. You see him and I immediately went, Chris Maloney! He is truly just, he doesn't say anything. He has one line. And then you see him like once at the beginning and then once when they're in the waiting room. Yeah. Uh, of of Danny DeVito's clinic. But... Yeah, why not? Why not do a Barry Pepper, a little, a little pinch of pepper? You know, the only thing is that Barry Pepper is in his fifties. Yeah, so why would he not be there with his wife? Are, are dudes having babies at fifty? I guess. Yeah. I, I guess guys can have babies. This is my Listen, health class. Guys can have I babies. I was gonna whenever. say, Ryan. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if anybody has told you, but really, men have all the options in the world <laughs> when it comes to this. I made Barry Pepper Dr. Ned Sneller, played by James Eckhouse, the dad on 90210, the original series. He played Brenda and uh, Brandon Walsh's dad. He's also in Big. Um, no? I don't I don't know who you're talking about. Um, let's see. Wait, is he a 911? 9-1-1? This is a 911. Yeah, he is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> who is this man? I want to see his face. He plays the other doctor at Larry's practice that his wife, Larry's wife is just like, I don't want to go to him. He's a creep for some reason. Like Ned Sneller is just like a creepy OBGYN and they never address it. Are you sorry to this man? I'm sorry to this man. I do not know this man. He's the, he's like really the only other character in this movie, but Uh, yeah, I mean, which is very interesting considering, um, when it came down to like picking another man to put Barry Pepper into his place, it was like, I don't know, there's lots of women. Angela, who's one of my favorite characters, because I just enjoyed the fact that there was an actual pregnant woman. In the movie? In the movie. Are you bummed that we didn't talk about it? I just didn't know what else to say. She, like, she really, it, it felt weird that she was really only there to serve Larry's character as opposed to like her experience as a pregnant woman. Um, as much as I hated the trope of like, of like her showing up and being, being the, the, the mirror to, um, to Alex of like, we're both pregnant and he's a man. So it just looks a little different. Um, because ultimately the thing I didn't, I didn't really love is that I think one of the ways that they were like, oh, this movie is funny, but like the funny was that being pregnant kind of sucks mm-hmm. like that's not funny yeah um but i appreciated that i think she brought more comedy into that thing of like how she's having the baby at the end and emma thompson's just like trying to doesn't know what to do but like she's there for her like there were just so many great moments where i was like ah, angela yeah where's the goddamn father i haven't been able to reach him what he disappeared they're, they're touring i don't know europe asia i can't remember which who is Aerosmith. 
One of Arrowsmith knocked you up? What a lovely phrase, Larry. I know that you won't, you don't want to see this remade, but I'll ask you this. Would you have watched a sequel where Danny DeVito became pregnant? I, the very last note I took is that pregnant Danny DeVito would somehow have been funnier. (laughs) So yeah, I think so. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Rebooted. If you like this podcast, please check out our previous podcast. Even go back as so far into our old podcast at The Boot. It's on the same It's on the same stream. Tell your friends, you. tell your family, get involved Under with movie skin. reboot making with us. That was weird. I'm going to cut that out. Kenna, where can the people find us? You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stop by and leave us a rating and a review. That's the best way to help us out. You can also find us now on Ko-fi, where you can go to make a very small donation to help keep us in the podcasting business. It's not really a business. We don't make money. That link is in our description and all over Twitter. You can also find us on social media at RebootedPod on Twitter and Instagram. It's very synergistic now. You know someone tried to buy my Instagram feed for me this week. Yeah, did you contact him? No, I'm too scared. I want to. I'm just gonna. I'm so. But like, people will pay money for that. Think about it. I'll think about it. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye. I would sacrifice anything, come what might, for the sake of holding you near. In spite of a warning voice, comes in the night and repeats and shouts in my ear. Don't you know, blue eyes, you never can win. Use your mentality, wake up to reality. But each time I do, just the thought of you makes me stop before I begin. Cause I've got you under my skin. Let's imagine a garden with trees and birds cheeping. Cheep, 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 cheep. Let's imagine drugs.